Hey everybody, welcome back to We Are Movies. As always, I'm Johnny Mockney, and as I mentioned in part one of this super huge mega Godzilla-themed episode, I am a lifelong Godzilla fan, uh, owned many toys over the years, watched all the movies. I was even Godzilla for Halloween one year. I think when I was um, maybe eight years old, my mom made a homemade Godzilla costume for me, which is amazing. I, that's just that's just the kind of ingenuity that doesn't exist anymore. These days, you would buy an overpriced one made out of paper from Spirit Halloween. This was the real deal. And um, uh, shout out to you, mom. That 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 was incredible. Um, anyway, in creating this Godzilla special leading up to the release of Godzilla vs. Kong, which on the day of this episode should be being released in theaters and on HBO Max, I assembled a couple of guys who I see as fellow authoritative voices on Godzilla, um, at least that I know. <laughs> uh, the first part was with my great friend, Kautu Kamwangdi, and this part is with a fellow cinephile and Godzilla lover named Tommy Lauren. Um, Tommy and I had gotten talking about Godzilla a couple months ago, and that's when this idea came up, and I was like, we have to save it for this perfect time when Godzilla vs. Kong comes out. So I'm finally able to bring that to you we had a great time we discussed our favorite films of the series and also our sort of shared experience with the early video store days of watching all of these films so without any further ado please enjoy this very special episode of we are movies Have you had a podcast before or were you on somebody Not, else's? Uh, I was with my buddy, Dominic. So we were just, it was just kind of a thing we did in high school. Or people keep telling me all the time that I have a good voice for it. And it mainly stems from being the uh, drive through uh, greeting at Arby's. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a stepping stool. It's a step, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so usually I start off by asking people just generally about. Uh, their relationship with movies and uh, i mean i think your instagram name is tommy the movie guy is that right yeah yep that, that would be it and then my i have a podcast idea name i don't know if i'd be sued for it but i thought lawrence of movie mania kind of like lawrence of arabia but oh that, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how it would turn out i don't know <laughs> i don't think you'll get sued by it so, yeah i don't want them to be like oh, that's a bit clue close to the movie you're gonna have to yeah. I can picture the David the David Lean estate going like, uh, "This guy's a real threat to our enterprise." This guy from a town in Michigan, not many people have heard of, other than for some <laughs> random reason. We gotta gotta take him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the name because this podcast is called We Are Movies. It was almost called Movies Are Us, but I got a little scared about mm, uh, I... yeah similar <laughs> thing. So where did where do you think it started with movies? Have you always been a movie person? Was there a certain moment that you could pinpoint? I mean. When I was a kid, I think one, one of my first memories is watching, uh, it's not anything high class, but the movie Tommy Boy with Chris Farley and David Spade. And it's just, I have a good memory for quotes. I think that's primarily where it stems from, but really it just, it just kind of became my thing. Like in grade school, I wasn't 
much of a reader. Like it's not that I couldn't read it. Just, I, I liked visual stories more than a literary story, um, which trying to change that, I'm trying to work on that, trying to read more often, but um, so hard to say uh, where it really started. I mean, it just, I don't know. It's just uh, something I just sort of like had a connection to really. I can't explain like when it happened, but other than my first memory being of seeing Tommy boy. Sure. And then I think wanting to act um, cause that was like in the eighth grade where I got on stage and acted for something. Uh, my like kind of connection kind of drew a bit closer to that, I would say. And then in high school, I just, you know, kind of just kind of dug into more and more stuff. I just love the art. I think is what it is at the end of the day. It's just the art form in general. I love it. So what do you think it was about Tommy Boy when you first saw it? Was it, so if you, as an actor, were you like enamored with Chris Farley's performance? Was that the big selling point? I think it's just because I had I watched it so many times as a kid. I, I probably can quote it, the whole thing, not just, you know, Chris Farley's lines, but David Spade and everybody yeah. else's. <laughs> um, I think it's just because, yeah, Chris Farley was just such a kinetic you know, force of nature when it came to comedy and yeah. you know, he's unfortunately not with us anymore. It's sad because you, you even get that on Saturday night live and for the other few handful of films that he did, I mean, he was just crazy, but he's so kind of inspiring in a way, I guess, just to have that manic energy. I know where a lot of that manic energy came from, right. you know, the, you know, the unfortunate, you know, the drug use that went on in his life. But I mean, all of it couldn't have been that. I think I have to believe that all of it couldn't have been just that. I feel like there was a lot of him that just, it was just pure inside of him just the whole time. And I think, I think what I heard was that he was clean for most of the production of Tommy Boy. And right, so yep. he was, I believe I heard that somewhere too. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that there is genuine, you know, natural talent there. And uh, that's, a, that's a great movie. I also grew up watching that. <laughs> I throw out lines like, 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 what'd you do? Like, <laughs> I do that all at work time. all the time. <laughs> I throw out Richard, what's happening just in that voice. I, ha- I have to just. <laughs> yeah. I love the, Hey Richard, who's your favorite little rascal? Are you Alfalfa, st- where's the yeah. spanky? Anytime Skinner. we were was trying to like, if I was at a sleepover and we were just laying and uh, uh, like trying to sleep, I would always let that one out. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a Godzilla episode. Uh, this is how this came about. When did you become a Godzilla fan? Um, it definitely was when I was a younger, like, I, I want to say probably about the third grade. I remember my, my old man taking me to the video store and I just saw one of them on the shelf. And I think it was uh, Invasion of the Astro Monster. Uh, which is called Monster Zero over here, or Godzilla versus Monster Zero over in the U.S. And I think he was just like, uh, whatever, you, you get whatever you want, Tommy, and we'll, we'll just go home and just watch it. So uh, I think seeing such a crazy adventure where there was aliens and they were just in outer space and these two, like Godzilla and Rodan fighting in my brain at the time, oh, look, the three-headed dragon and the big lizard and the, and the bird. <laughs> probably what what i said at the time, not knowing what they were sure. but uh that was definitely the fir- it was the first godzilla movie i'd seen and i would just catch random ones on tv over and over again throughout the years and then i think it was like towards the latter end of grade school when i started watching them a bit more seriously i wanted to actually see a lot of them from beginning to end i think the one that caught my attention that kind of spurred that uh like that drive on look for them was godzilla 2000 i think that was the one 
So, I mean, not, not a bad, two, two pretty just decent ones for, to start off on as a fan. Now I have, you know, a pretty decent amount of them in my collection. I mean, uh, and that's spurred having the Mothra movies on, having the Gamera films on uh, in my collection yeah. as well. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, the Invasion of the Astro Monster and Godzilla 2000 are two great choices and also at very different points in the franchise, too. Right. You get you get the uh, the, the quote unquote sort of sillier, more like cartoony side, but then you also get what was something of more of like a serious kind of dramatic attempt at telling the story. So I mean, it, it's it's definitely like you get two sides of the, or I guess since it's a three three series, I guess two sides of the same like pyramid, same same triangle. Sure. I don't know what, what that would be. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I mean, obviously, the Godzilla, so the Godzilla franchise is literally broken down into eras, into the, right. the Showa era, the Heisei era, and the Millennium era, mm -hmm. uh, which with those eras carries like sort of different tones, different designs for the character of Godzilla. You have the movie split into those three eras, and with that, there are differences in tone and differences in Godzilla's design. Uh, were you drawn to a specific era of Godzilla more when you were younger? I mean, when you're younger, I feel like those Showa era films are a bit more accessible. Maybe not like starting from the beginning, like with Godzilla, Godzilla Raids Again, and maybe not Mothra versus Godzilla so much, or mm. King Kong versus Godzilla. But right around when Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, came out, and that whole scene where Mothra's twin fairies are doing translation for, you know, Mothra, Godzilla, and Rodan, I feel like that's when it kind of makes it a bit more accessible to children. And then the uh monster island movies just any of those where the mm. tone kind of gets all kooky like the surf music of ibira horror of the deep uh the <laughs> uh kind of kookiness with having a son and son of godzilla i think that is definitely a bit more accessible to like a younger kid uh as i grew up i don't know what it is about the heisei series i i mean like now i can vocalize it better i think it's because barring one sort of continuity gaff that they have in Godzilla versus Space Godzilla, there is an effort to sort of like make sure they were all in one sort of arc. I think having one character actually be in all the movies, uh, I can't remember if it's Mike Segusa or Asagi Kusanagi, because one of those two is Godzilla, the other is for the Gamera 90s series. But um, hmm. I think that definitely helped. And I think it's just the models and the Godzilla suit and even like the in-camera optical effects yeah. There's just kind of a certain flair to them that, and I'm not bagging on the effects of the, the Showa or the Millennium Era or even the Rewa with you know, uh, Shin Godzilla or even uh, the Legendary series. Uh, it's just, there's just some kind of cool factor <laughs> involved, I guess. That, like, I don't want to say retro. I mean, even though that, that probably is the right term for it, retro. But also, they just took a lot of chances, like, I feel like, with uh, Biolanti being a fan-created monster. I mean, I know Jet Jaguar was also kind of a fan-created thing because of Ultraman being famous at that time. But Biolanti and you know, time travel and King Ghidorah and uh, Destroya and Space Godzilla, I think those were just, there's just something about them that's just kind of, like, so special to me. I, it, it is a pr pretty important part for the series because, like you said, it is it's definitely the most continuity there's ever been uh, across the franchise. Cause even, I mean, the first 15, the Showa films, even though those are ostensibly part of the same continuity, th there's a lot of holes there. Right. Cause I mean, cause it's, it makes sense. Like, you know, and then at the end of King Kong versus Godzilla, something happens to him. I don't <laughs> know if, 
I don't want to get into spoilers for anybody who's curious about these films and wants to check out the old ones. Um, but then the next film, Mothra versus Godzilla, he shows up in a completely different spot. I think if you know what I'm talking about yeah. right at the beginning. And then the Monster Island movies don't seem to like take place at a specific time. And then Destroy All Monsters is way off in the future. Yeah. But then All Monsters Attack is a dream. Uh, Hedra <laughs> is supposed to be back in the modern time. Like it, it's, it's kind of like a little all over the place. And then the Millennium Era, they kept... They kept all rebooting. Of them, every, yeah, all of them were just like, no, we, we're just talking about, we're just <laughs> you know, ring, link directly back to the original Godzilla. And right. the only one to have a sequel was Tokyo SOS or against the Mecha Godzilla, Tokyo SOS was the sequel. Basically what they did with the 2018 Halloween movie, they kept doing with Godzilla movies. I know, it, <laughs> it's a choose your own adventure series that, that's lasted so long <laughs> yeah yeah no like, definitely <laughs> did you like did you like this no well then you can do this instead didn't it, like any of it halloween three <laughs> <laughs> well and the the cool thing about the heisei series also my friend cow Two pointed this out when we were recording the other episode he almost each monster kind of comes from the last one so there's this very clear springboard from each movie to the next that kind of rewards you for watching them all in order definitely um even though, like I said, that, that is like the one cat continuity gaffe of the series with mm. King Ghidorah resetting the timeline and moving Godzilla's body. That meant Godzilla didn't exist until that movie. So Violante being the progenitor of space Godzilla doesn't quite make sense because she wouldn't have existed without Godzilla. So it, like I said, the one continuity gaffe that, <laughs> <laughs> in, that, in that whole series, at least from what I remember <laughs> seeing Can- can we talk about Godzilla versus King Ghidorah for a second? Because that, that, that been, oh my god, that I'm gonna say like if if it's not Godzilla versus Destroya, it's that movie. That's like yeah. the best of an, of that series for sure. Well, it's the uh, most ambitious. Definitely. I oh my god, just the time travel and then just like being like, okay, we're gonna move him from here, but then we're gonna put our own monster there. <laughs> what a twist! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I love about those Heisei era films is obviously after Mothra versus Godzilla in the Showa era, Godzilla kind of inexplicably became a good guy. Mm-hmm. And for the rest of that, it's almost very wholesome. Uh, th- there are moments like him shaking hands with Jet Jaguar, like these moments <laughs> of like, oh yeah, he's 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 the world's protector. He's like Superman or or you know somebody. And then in the Heisei series with Godzilla 1985, he returns to being a villain like he was in the original movie. But as those movies go on, he sort of becomes the by default hero because he happens to be fighting. Yeah, like worse worse villains most of the time. Right. Like I was reading uh, the proposed 1985 American Godzilla movie, what they wanted to do. um, And they said, because there's a character whose husband loses her life because of Godzilla and she has a grudge uh, for years because of him. Uh, at the end, she realizes he's, he's just a force of nature. You know, it's, it's not entirely his fault that he killed her husband, but, you know, and I think that's really what it was. He just, they kind of backed down from the villain thing a little bit and he's just, he's more of just a force of nature that just unstoppable, unflappable. And, and like you said, kind of de facto, like he's just fighting, he's just, the better of the two monsters that Tokyo <laughs> has to deal with, Japan has to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing I kind of, that I noticed uh, is that he, 
if if he's sort of standing in for nature in some ways like, like i mean godzilla versus king Ghidorah is a good example where humans start going through this very unnatural route to try to get rid of godzilla with the help of aliens obviously mm -hmm. and uh they end up inadvertently creating more problems like it's just this constant like every time humans do try to destroy godzilla we end up creating a new problem that he has to get us out of <laughs> exactly i think the extra middle finger of king Ghidorah versus godzilla was that he i think they there's a line he's not that well, okay, well the godzilla they end up creating again is more powerful than the last godzilla yeah. so they kind of just shoot themselves in the foot thinking you know a they got rid of him there's no more problems for tokyo but not only do they end up creating king Ghidorah. They end up creating a, a worse Godzilla than before. Yeah. As Blue Oyster Colt said in their Godzilla song, uh, history shows again and again how nature points out the folly of man, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So when you watched the uh, the Showa era films, well I, well, I guess when you watched the original movie, did you watch the, uh, the original Japanese version or did you watch the American cut with Raymond Burr in it? Um, uh, I, I remember this actually, uh, this was right when I was trying to get into them a bit more. Um, uh, there was a copy at what used to be Kmart. It's, it's not Kmart anymore in Owasso. Um, there was a copy of, I think it's classic media is the company. They had both cuts in one case and I got home and I was like, I, I want to go the more authentic route. I, I want to give Gojira a shot. And I really liked that. That was the first time I ever saw foreign language film like uh, just reading off the subtitles you know no dubbing and I think it is such a powerful story I think it still is very powerful today for its warnings against the dangers of you know nuclear weaponry and, and stuff mm. like that um, especially the scene where after the big attack on Tokyo they have that prayer for peace song uh, on all throughout the radios that's the part where it really kind of just like this this isn't just some movie where a guy's in a suit traipsing around models like they're treating it like it's a natural disaster they're treating it like something terrible has happened to tokyo so i i do think overall that is the best movie probably because they went for that angle they they treated it with such respect definitely and it was the first one to actually make it to the criterion collection exactly uh, it got its own release before there was that huge set which i assume you own uh, i i i actually don't own that i <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry to get your hopes up. I, oh, that's okay. I, I want it. I really do. But like, I, I'm open to watching more foreign language films because I, I watch Parasite and Parasite doesn't have an English dub on the Blu-ray that I have. And you know, I, I still love that movie so much. I think it's such a great story just with so much meaning and just yeah. I can't get over that movie. Um, but like, I, I like having the option and with some of those movies having English tracks and then some of them not having English tracks, it, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, because they they did that with uh, the first Gamera Blu-ray release from I believe it was Mill Creek where they they just only had the Japan the Japanese audio tracks, and now with Arrow Video they they've got audio tracks for all of them, which is amazing. Like they went and did that. <laughs> yeah, I do definitely like having the option, uh, especially where like if you grew up on Godzilla. When I first watched those movies, I didn't watch them subtitled. Uh, I, I don't even know if I could totally read when I first started. <laughs> and that, that dubbing, you know, however you feel about it, like it's like that sort of becomes a part. Yeah, it becomes yeah. a part of Godzilla, regardless of like the old man in Mecha Godzilla with like, oh, Godzilla. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. But it's, it, it's like you said, it is iconic to have that dubbing. <laughs> and I mean, I do think as you grow older, you owe it to some of these films to kind of watch them as the way they were intended. Absolutely. Uh, to watch them subtitled, but it, it definitely the performances, helps. I mean, the oh, performances, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, to give your time and, you know, uh, investment to them. You know, these people are acting their hearts out. I don't care what language they're speaking. They're they're going for it. I mean, right. <laughs> that being said, I mean, as we were talking about, like with the American version, sometimes they made very creative choices in how they presented these movies to America. Obviously, the original film, they inserted those new scenes with Raymond Burr. They also mm-hmm. inserted Raymond Burr into Godzilla 1985. Mm-hmm, uh, yep. Which did you know originally? they thought America, when they were doing the American cut of that movie, they originally were going to do it as a comedy and they were considering Leslie Nielsen instead oh. of Raymond Burr. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm like, I, I have nothing against Leslie Nielsen and I would, I would pay to see like some kind of Mel Brooks Godzilla parody from the eighties sure. that has Leslie Nielsen. And that, that sounds funny, but to actually seriously sell this to Americans as a comedy, <laughs> Just get Steve Martin himself to play Steve Martin while you're at it. Let's just let's just nail the joke in harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's like uh, it's like you're no different than Kung Pao Enter the Fist at that point. <laughs> you're just gonna drop I'll, a goofy white guy into this. I'll take it. I'll take a pound of nuts. That's a lot of nuts. Yeah, <laughs> a classic in its own right, obviously. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But no, like just shoehorning something to be a comedy when it's supposed to be serious or just shoehorning a different tone in in general. Mm. God, I hate when that decision's made. I mean, speaking of which, uh, the only version of the original King Kong versus Godzilla that I had seen most of my life was the American version. Uh, Cause if you bought any DVD, that's the one you get. It's, it's, it's dubbed. And there's also this uh, new stuff with newscasters that is inserted into the movie, like American newscasters mm-hmm. and, and they uh sorry uh they reused um music from their older universal monster movies i believe yeah. they put in music from the wolfman and the creature from the black lagoon right because they were the ones distributing it and i'm willing to say we're like i don't mind the stuff with raymond burr because raymond burr's a good actor he's absolutely he's a he's a you know he's a he's an enjoyable presence when to add into those movies but the the guys they chose for this king kong versus godzilla are just planks of wood this guy this guy's just been better off in cameoing and you know uh santa claus conquers the martians or something like that you know which, <laughs> nope, nobody would have turned nobody would have turned their heads yeah. because they're in a godzilla movie now i have to deal with them <laughs> so have, have you watched the japanese version of king kong versus godzilla yet uh so i have my copy is i i think it's just the american blu-ray um the only thing i know about the differences is that there was a rumor i don't know if it, if it was discovered that it was a rumor uh for a while that there were two endings to right. king kong versus godzilla i i and that in like the japanese version godzilla wins the american version king kong wins i i'd heard on and off again that it was a rumor and it wasn't a rumor and it's BS. So I can't confirm or deny myself that I've seen, you know, both versions of, you know, if if, if that's even true, you know. So I can confirm that that is an urban myth. It is an urban myth. There's a different ending. I think I've all, like, I've heard, like, the one ending that I've seen, like, I think is what, if I'm remembering this correctly, King Kong walks off, but you hear Godzilla's roar. Um, 
I don't even know if you hear his roar, but they, basically they roll into the water and King Kong gets out and you see him walking away. Okay, so, so, so that's, that's what I thought I heard is that Godzilla roars, but King Kong walks away. Yeah, it's a little ambiguous because it's like the assumption is, oh, King Kong won, but also people have thought maybe Godzilla is swimming away under the surface. Uh, he's kind of realized it's futile. It's like, right. I. <laughs> it even made it even trivial pursuit said like it was in there that godzilla won in the japanese version it was like this thing that everybody just believed and uh it's still just as ambiguous in the japanese version there's like a, a crest wood or crest hill they have like movie monster books one of them is godzilla and that pervades the double ending too so <laughs> mm. yeah and um it's just a blatant error which is very funny uh but I watched the original Japanese version recently because uh, it is on the Criterion set. And what's very interesting about that is it's, uh, so Ishiro Honda who directed the original movie, uh, he didn't direct the second one, Godzilla Raids Again. Raids Again. And then he came back for King Kong versus Godzilla. And it's sort of like a Joe Dante with Gremlins 2 situation. Cause <sighs> it's, it's so tonally different from the original. And it's even like a, it's i would go so far as to say the original japanese version is a comedy like it's very overtly making fun of commercialism and the very idea of a king kong versus godzilla that it's like this ridiculous <laughs> thing that you're just trying to attract an audience and i thought that was genius right <laughs> the only thing i could really talk about with that movie that, that just kind of flashed across my mind while i was watching it again uh the the kong suit is <laughs> it's very just like it looks like roadkill like it just yeah it's very like and i know that's not supposed to be our king kong it's not supposed to be the american king kong i believe they had a cartoon show at the time over in japan if i'm not uh, mistaken yes. or no wait that might be or is that king kong escapes the, the, the king thing? kong escapes was the japanese king kong movie they made after king kong okay because so i know that one is definitely supposed to be the king kong of the animated show but I didn't know if that this King Kong and King Kong versus Godzilla was supposed to be still the animated show King Kong. Right. It, yeah. You know, he looks silly and even Godzilla looks dopey in the movie. Oh yeah. Like, just, the part where they show, he shoves a tree down Godzilla's <laughs> throat. I'm just like, really? Iconic. And I'm just like, this is your best maneuver, buddy. You gotta go for it. Just shove the tree. <laughs> and then the, the stop motion kick that Godzilla yes. does, I think is like, <laughs> Well, they do wrestling moves in the exactly movie. that too. <laughs> when you watch the Japanese version and it's more overtly a comedy, it kind of everything else makes sense in that movie. You're like, oh, okay, I get it now. I see. You. <laughs> like, so now I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to track that down now to see like because that because music can just make or break anything. Sure. So if the music is designed to be comedic, then I guess you know <laughs> the best course of action probably wasn't Wolfman or Creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. Right. Sure something a bit more but it's matching in tone <laughs> yeah yeah well it just says something about america where like we took this parody of commercialism and then we just made it commercialism <laughs> exactly just like hey america I right. get it out send it to theaters uh recently i rewatched uh godzilla versus hedora and i wanted to ask you if you have any specific memories of that movie because that one sticks out i think <laughs> so i mean it had like, I mean, it was supposed to be like, you know, a, a great like environmental message. Mm. And, but like, there's so many things going on in that movie. Like it's almost like a documentary about space yeah. at times. And then there's like the weird cartoons, which is like a children's variety show. 
And then there's the part where the guy's tripping out in the nightclub and everybody's wearing fish masks. That scene is like straight out of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> it's so bizarre. How does Godzilla make his... He like he comes up walking to the sunrise Yes, and the, the music... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of the few Godzilla movies not to use any of the original score right, uh, the, by the, Akira oh, Fukube. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. They dropped it all for this kind of weird, sultry saxophone score. It's oh, 70s out of all those, the Godzilla yeah, those, films. Those first few early 70s movies were kind of raunchy. Like, yeah. uh, like Psychedelic. Because uh, like Godzilla at the end, he just digs into Hedera, just, just like rips <laughs> yeah. all his insides out. And then like the two orbs with... I didn't understand what those were supposed to be. I'm not going to lie. I thought Maybe they were Hedera's eyes at first, but like he still has his eyes afterwards. So I don't know if it was like, like concentrated pollution or something like that. <laughs> and then Godzilla flying, like crouched up using his atomic breath to like shoot across the screen. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> where, where have we, where have we come from? I love this, but at the same time, where, how did we get here? Yeah. Oh and yeah. Then, no. <laughs> and then Godzilla versus Gigan, they're like, swearing like uh, like more than what you would normally expect for those movies at that time they're like swearing there's some blood then, in that one too and godzilla and angris oh my god angris made it the dumbest move possible he sees an enemy with a buzzsaw <laughs> on his chest he's like i'm gonna walk towards this i'm gonna end this man's <laughs> whole career by walking toward him gets the buzzsaw right in his face which i love that the blood just shoots right at the camera <laughs> yeah. No, that's so gnarly. It's incredible. Because I know Godzilla versus Gigan is another one I watched fairly recently. Because that was one I watched a lot when I was a kid. Because uh, I think I was just fascinated with the character of Gigan, and I also liked Godzilla and Anguirus as a tag team. And also, it had that bizarre bit where Godzilla and Anguirus talk to each other at the beginning. Talk. Exactly. <laughs> and then I, I've heard in the Japanese version, there's speech bubbles, kind of like a comic book sort of thing, yes. or, or it's just it's just more like text. But then in like the American version, it sounds like somebody is speaking while they're like scratching a record on a, like a turntable. Yeah. (laughs) It's exactly like that where you can like, um, yeah, you can kind of hear the words, but it's not totally made up. It's like, do it one or the other commit. Hey, Angela. Right. What do you want? They gave anger. It's like kind of like a a New York accent. Kind of. He's like, sounds like he's smoking a cigar. What like. And she told him to beat it, both. Oh, John Mulaney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He sounds like a he sounds like a 1970s porn producer uh, a little bit. Like oh I always said, if you like, oh, if you want to defeat this this monster from space, you know, it's uh, it's great. I I love that movie. It's definitely one of the cheaper ones because I always say, post uh, destroy all monsters, they you see the quality drop down very fast. The suit, the Godzilla suit, you can see like pieces hanging yeah. off of it. And I'm like, I'm like, how did you not see that? Like, or did you just not care? Or maybe it just, they're like, they wanted to fix it, but it wasn't in the budget at the time. They were just like, can't afford run with this. Run with this. <laughs> and then we're going to have them walk into the sea while yeah. a silly song plays at the end. <laughs> that's movie big showbiz that's how they do it in hollywood as dan cummins would say yes <laughs> so i have to ask you the question uh who do you prefer because there are also throughout this franchise uh two versions of godzilla's son there is manila who is in the showa era and then he shows up again in uh final wars and then there is godzilla jr who's president in the heisei series were you drawn to more to one towards the other See, I think it goes back to 
your perception as a kid definitely like kind of forms what you feel more drawn to. And I feel like as a kid, Minia or Manila is what I've heard. Minia, I think is how they say it in All Monsters Attack. Mm. He's kind of like more like, I don't want to steal somebody's description, but it's a great description. Pillsbury Doughboy looking like he, <laughs> there, there's like an emphasis. There was like a mandate to make sure he didn't seem monstrous. Yeah. And that still goes for like, even though I, I think his design is better in Final Wars, like, cause it looks less cutesy. It look, looks more reptilian. Um, I think you're kind of drawn to that as a kid, but uh, with the Heisei series with Godzilla Jr., even though in Space Godzilla, they kind of started leaning back on that. They gave him like really big eyes and kind of like doughed him up a bit, <laughs> get back to the Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboy. And like, <laughs> I love how he sees Space Godzilla. He's just like, uh, yeah. Just walks up to him, just like, silly kid. But I, I think I have to go with Godzilla Jr., mainly for uh, Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla 2 and Godzilla versus Destroyer because he just kind of gets kidnapped in mm. Space Godzilla. Um, his design was really great when he was like an infant. He almost looked like almost like something Jurassic Park worthy. I mean, it obviously wasn't photorealistic to like what they were going for. I mean, the eye color probably wouldn't have sold it but regardless uh and i love that they worked him into the plot very well with that movie because they yes. were like oh well he's got a second brain in his tail we probably godzilla's probably got one too so we're going to use that as a tactical advantage and then he uh when he dies in godzilla versus destroya yeah you can like feel like godzilla just inside just like his pain kind of, yeah kind of snaps. <laughs> yeah even though like the military mainly takes care of Destroya. You still just feel like I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and that movie is, I think the way that movie wraps up is so beautiful. Like, oh God. Akira, I think he still did the music. Akira Ufukubi. He still did the music for that movie. He actually came back to do the music for that. Yeah. Okay. So the song that plays during that scene, Requiem is, I yes. think that sells that scene so well. Like it is so sad, but it is so yeah. beautiful. And yes. Just, Godzilla just melting down and like you, you have this woman doing this gorgeous voice like oh yeah it, I, well, it, it gives me so much so many goosebumps just oh god <laughs> I, I always loved when Godzilla has like a character arc you know like even in uh when Manila's first introduced in Son of Godzilla that's all about Godzilla coming to terms with the fact that his son's like not the man he is <laughs> Godzilla <laughs> you know? being a parent like it was yeah. you know, like I love like when he's trying to get him to blow atomic breath, but all he can produce is smoke rings. He's like, yeah, he threatens to hit him. <laughs> and then he just steps on his tail to get him to do the real thing. It's like, and then uh, I, I know we're getting sidetracked with a lot of moments, but it's just when he's playing jump rope with yes. his tail, Godzilla sleeps and then he kind of trips over it. <laughs> his Godzilla's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> okay. Genuinely speaking though, at the end of that movie in the snow, when, oh. Godzilla's yeah. walking and Manila falls behind and Godzilla walks and helps him up and they like hug. I still that's, shed a tear. That's that's such a genuine moment in that series or that that era of films. Just it's it is very touching. Yeah. Like these are two guys in suits. It's, they're still selling it well. Like they're doing right. great. I'm Mike. And I'm Allison. We've both been guests on We Are Movies before. We love talking movies with Johnny. But I'm a jealous boy. You are. That's why we've decided to talk movies with, with each, each other. other. We started our own podcast called You, you Made, Made Me, Me Watch. Watch. Each week we make each other watch a movie the other has never seen. You Made Me Watch. New episodes every Friday. 
So speaking oh, of uh, speaking of Manila, I think we have to talk a little bit about All Monsters Attack, aka Godzilla's Revenge. Oh uh, boy, because this this one sticks out quite a bit too. This is uh, as I mentioned, it's entirely a dream. It's all about this kid who dreams that he's friends with Manila. It's the biggest role Manila's ever had in a film, right? Uh, and Manila talks in this. <laughs> okay, so I have not seen the Japanese cut version, <laughs> but I've seen the American version. <laughs> Godzilla says that I should fight my own battles, you know. <laughs> that was a per- perfect impression, yeah. That's Thank a- you. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you've seen it too many times as well. Oh, it's Kumonga. I don't even know if he says that. I just... You see, I, I so I watched this one a lot when I was a kid because I had this box of like seven Godzilla movies, and it was one of the oh, ones okay. in that box. I think I, I think I know which box you're talking about too. Oh, you, man. Yeah, you know. I think I've seen it. I think I think I've seen it because like I've always that's been that was my main problem when I was trying to watch more of those, getting them like putting them in the collection. Mm. So I would see that if I know which set you're talking about, which I think I do. I oh man, that's what a great set. Yes, Just, and... I remember the specs of that set. <laughs> <laughs> The cl- I think it was a classic media one before they came back with that bigger set with the original Japanese versions. Cause I think they also made that set. They made this previous one that was all like bare bones and they were okay, just so, dubs. Okay. So I must be thinking of the second one. Cause it kind of has Godzilla on the cover. And it's sort of like, kind of like you're looking through. Yes. The, you're thinking the of the port, better one. The port, the port side of the ship. Okay. So never mind. My bad. <laughs> no, no, no. That's all right. Uh, you, you, you had, uh, no, I had the, a shittier set as a kid. Uh, uh, and, uh, not, that I, not that I ever got that. It was just like, I, I, I've seen it so many times and, sure. you know, I, I was like, I want it, but I don't have the money. <laughs> well, it, it's so funny because I kind of hated the movie when I was a kid, but I watched yeah, yeah. it a lot. It was like this, and I think it was maybe a Stockholm syndrome situation where like I grew to like it because I was, it was cool to be represented on screen in a Godzilla movie. I was like, this Absolutely. is a little kid who loves Godzilla. I love him too. Absolutely. I, I, that that might have been the one that I had my, watched most when I was a younger kid too. Like the intermittent one, because <laughs> I, because I did have the other classic media. God, now I'm remembering it. I had the other classic media DVDs. I had Godzilla's Revenge, Mothra vs. Godzilla, and uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla it, it, with those classic media ones, the more bare bones ones. So yeah, I think I know what you mean. I, I've watched that the most, even though I was kind of like, okay. What's, what, and it ends up being kind of like a Home Alone type of thing where the kid has to like use the strength that he learns from his dreams about... Godzilla, he, he spends time on Monster Island with Manila and Godzilla, and by like living vicariously through Manila, that gives him the courage to face these robbers. Exactly. Yeah. Like, but I, that, that also might be the point where they started going a little more heavy with darker themes, because that's child kidnapping in these movies. I mean, not, not that there wasn't anything too like, like anything like that before, like Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster Sorry, I said it the wrong way. Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, had uh, uh, the assassination attempts on the princess, which, I yes. mean, that's that hadn't happened before. At least I don't think that had happened before in the previous uh, four Godzilla films. So it's not like the series was new to that, but that's still, like, that's pretty close to home. Because how many of us are a princess <laughs> the plot, with right. a plot to be you know, killed, you know, being played against us? But, you know, children, I mean, they could 
kidnapped. They go missing all day, like every day. So it's like, that's a little close to home on that one. Yeah. When you look back at it, at least. And even in uh, Godzilla versus Hedorah, that's one where there's the kid is a main, the main character is a kid who's also a Godzilla fan, which I love. And there's the part where this possibly the single most terrifying moment in all of Godzilla. You know what you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. When Hedorah like melts these people, like exactly. Like the skeletons. But yeah, no, he like melts them. And then like, even though the skeletons were like, they were weird looking, or at least from what I remember, like the rib pages seemed like too big. But regardless, this kid's just out on the street. He's seeing people die. And like their skeletons. Like, yeah. What the hell? Walking into a David Cronenberg movie or something. Like, oh, the cat. The poor cat. (laughs) The nightclub. Oh, yeah, the cat. Oh, the cat gets stuck in the nightclub. Oh yeah, no, terrifying. Um, oh my god! So, uh, to try to delve a little deeper here, what do you think you found so enticing about Godzilla, his lore, or him as a character? What do you think made you keep coming back to these movies? See, I think it, it may have just been like very like surface stuff. Like I, um, like the design. Like, I guess if we have, if I have to talk about the he- the Heisei era, because like I said, that's it's the one I keep coming back to. Mm. I think it's just the design of those monsters. Like they're very, they're all very intricate. Like even the Showa era too, you know, like Titanosaurus, even though he is just aquatic Godzilla, he, <laughs> there's a very intricate design to him. Like with the fin on the head, I guess he kind of had gills on his neck and then the tail that kind of uh, creates strong wind gales. And then King Caesar, even though kind of just a giant lion God, like they still, they made him so like, recognizable and iconic and even jet jaguar for just a robot like they gave him such like a weird but like very cool and colorful look <laughs> so I, that, that's definitely one thing that sort of draws me to it but i guess if, if we're talking like deeper meaning uh, for for godzilla in general usually when i'm often asked why do you, why do you watch those movies i'm like because they're cool yeah <laughs> <You> know, <'cause, laughs> they're, they're all good just cool to, they're just cool to watch you know yeah. <laughs> There's there's ones for different moods. Like I mean, come on, you have your, right. your sillier ones. You have like your like your more serious ones. Like um, I guess if if that's the question you are asking, deeper meaning of Godzilla, I think it's just fascinating. Like Japan, they sort of put all of their their just emotions, or like I guess Ishiro Honda and his creative team for the first movie, they just put all of their emotions they felt after you know Hiroshima and Nagasaki, just everything into that movie when they were creating that character. And I think he is like the biggest representation, like, or I guess not representation, but like without that happening, we would not have him. Like, I think very obvious, like he is supposed to be that event, those that day where those bombs were dropped incarnate. But then it's also amazing how like, he, we kind of lost that because like, because we keep coming back to those movies. It's like, oh, he's representative of this like terrible event. Yes. Let's give him our money. Let's just keep giving him our money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's. I think what's interesting is he kind of reflects where Japan was at any given moment. It's sort I, of like us with like the Rocky movies in America. Mm. Like it's sort of like each movie represents how we feel at that time. And exactly because like you, you watch the eighties, like Rocky three and four, it's very like consumerist. It's very yeah. like because Rocky himself became like a super celebrity. Like, yeah. Whereas the first one is like a 70s kitchen sink drama. Exactly. Uh, you know. he's, he's a loan shark. He's just out on the streets. You know, he, he's got nothing. And so I think where you see how Godzilla begins as this direct, you know, 
he's he's directly evoking the trauma of the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombs. And then after that, you kind of get this feeling that it's like Japan needs a hero. Coming out of that trauma, you want a hero. You want somebody to become like your national right. icon. And that's kind of right. what Godzilla became. So I guess you could argue that they took, you know, their emotions, their, their, just, their experiences with that day, and they sort of made something positive out yeah. of it. I it's don't a know. reclamation in a way. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and then I it, sort of, if you bookend it, when they finish, you know, the most recent Japanese Godzilla film, Shin Godzilla, returns to Godzilla representing a trauma, but now with this modern sort of, like this postmodern snarkiness to it as right. well. Like I, that's what I heard too. Like I, that it's supposed to be ultimately a critique on the Japanese government yes. and how they handle things. I, I, okay, so that, so that is the truth because the whole time I'm like, these people scenes, there's something different about them. Like they're not like your, <laughs> they're not like your normal people scenes in in these types of movies. There, there's yeah. something else about it. I don't get what it is. Is American, <laughs> but then I read like it's supposed to be you know a critique on how the Japanese government works. I'm like oh well, now that makes a bit more sense. And when you see how well received it was in Japan, you're like that clearly right. tapped into a nerve. Um, Absolutely. And, and uh, I mean, that's a movie where it almost seems like a joke eventually because they show the characters' names every and their name and their title every time these government bureaucrats show up to eventually, like, it doesn't matter what their names are. <laughs> like like, like kind of like, like it's C-SPAN. Like they just kind of yeah. like, they're, they're showing up to the ultimate like press conference, like of yeah. stopping a giant monster. But to that to that credit of that, that decision to tell the story that way, they sort of made Godzilla kind of mimic them every time they tried stopping him, or at least the, the, the example that sticks out in my head was at the end, they come together with that plan. Godzilla is being defeated by, you know, a committee of people working together. So when you have that final shot of his tail splitting off into those sort of mini Godzillas, those person-sized Godzillas, that was going to be his next step, but he was just too late. Like yeah. he couldn't do it. So I like that idea that like they're fighting something that's going to try and mimic them, trying to sort of one up them by using their own strategy against them. I yeah. think that's probably that's probably one of the best parts of, about that Godzilla, Shin Godzilla, that the, I, I, Rewa, I think. They made him pretty unflappable, and then they just kind of got the drop on him by right when he was unconscious or something like that. I, th I think if that's how I remember it. They kind of like knock him out, and then they spray the, uh, the liquid. I'm not yes. sure what. Yep, they spray the liquid in his mouth before he can get back up. So yeah. Yeah. That, and he's just so nerfed. Or like OP, sorry, OP. Oh, he's <laughs> terrifying in Shin Godzilla. Because like, like that scene where he like unleashes the atomic breath, at first I'm just kind of like, okay, so he's going to do it. And then like his mouth opens and I'm like, oh God. And yeah. then in, like the lower jaw splits oh. and I'm like, what? And then it's just kind of <laughs> like a, a plume of flame at first. And then it kind of turns into smoke and then it turns into the purple beam. And I'm like, yeah, what are you, what are you doing? And then like it just perfectly cuts buildings in half and i'm like ah yeah, just and then when they <laughs> when they drop the bombs he stops for a second and then like bends over and then beams come out of his spines and i'm like <laughs> yeah. what the hell <laughs> i remember like, thinking oh like i was like i just didn't realize that you could write rewrite the rules of godzilla and what i know <laughs> but when he started well first when he shows up he's not what you expect and then no when he starts little, doing all these new things, yeah, you're just like, blood coming out of his gills or something like that. Yeah, and I, oh. <laughs> uh, it's like he's just a tail at first, and then he's like walking in the streets. He can't even stand yeah. upright, which that's another thing that I really like about that movie. They gave him an evolution that seems yes. realistic to if he did show up. 
Because then, like, you know, he's just kind of, like, lurching on the ground, and then he's able to stand upright, and then he gets, like, tiny little T-Rex arms, which is kind of funny. Oh, yeah, it's it's funny, and honestly, it's, like, the first time in maybe since the first movie that Godzilla is portrayed in a way that we can't really project any emotions onto him. Because exactly. he's had, like I said, he's had character arcs before. We've seen him be affectionate. We've even when he's portrayed as a villain, you can sense rage in Godzilla. Exactly. But this at this point, he is like he's practically a zombie, or maybe even just like an animal that we can't quite read because he's just kind of destroying out of nature. Exactly, like he, he they brought him back to that sort of force of nature. You can't project unless if you're Jan de Bont making Twister, you can't project <laughs> emotions onto a storm. <laughs> right. But um. Uh, you know and, and it's funny that you say zombie because he looks kind of like dead in the eyes like they're all yes. white and like he kind of looks like his burning form in godzilla versus destroya because there was kind of i think there was like a red glow on him wasn't yeah. there in at one point in that in in shin godzilla and then his tail firing a beam just to go back to that for a second i was like how are they stopping him like how are they just not annihilated at this point this man <laughs> think this this man this man is dead. This guy can fire beams probably out of his fingertips. They're still winning. <laughs> I yeah. get it. But, but yeah, uh, it's, that's a great point. Like you can't really gain anything from him. He's almost like Michael Myers in a way. Like you just, you can't. <laughs> Also, as a political satire, has there ever been a time where Shin Godzilla is more relevant than during the COVID-19 crisis in the United States? Oh my States? God, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> like this ineffectual government scrambling to do things and then the, saying things like, oh, don't worry, Godzilla can't do this. And then he does that exact thing. It's it, <laughs> to a it is, it's, yeah. it's almost prophetic. Like it's just a yeah. prophetic sort of parody that, that works very well. Just right. wrapped inside of a Godzilla movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it's genius. Um, I, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the, the millennium era because we haven't really I know, I, I know, we've, we've splurged so much about show on Heisei, but you said show is your favorite and Heisei's mine, so I mean, that, I guess, it makes sense, but yeah. Showa's but yeah, my no, favorite I'm, for, um, I would say, for nostalgic reasons. For nostalgic, uh, okay. I, I think okay. that there are some better films uh, <laughs> in total. Well, I mean, like, if, if I'm going to, like, tell somebody, like, uh, if they wanted to watch something from each era, I mean, there's still great films in Showa era. Yes. Mothra, Mothra's Godzilla is a fantastic one. Uh, the original can just go without saying. I mean, it, it's the original's fantastic. And mm. I don't think there's any harm in watching the 56 version either because uh, they, they integrate Raymond Burr so well. I was watching this. I'm like, yeah. They, they latched them lighting like they they got wallpaper that looks similar to where he would in rooms he would be in whenever they're showing uh one of the original actors speaking they kind of write the lines so that they sort of match up with their lips yeah. i'm like there's a there's a lot of effort to try and integrate him into this movie and even uh, in the so silliest films in that part of the series like godzilla versus megalon is still so much fun like the drop kick the, the drop, drop kick, kick against megalon is, is a plus i love that gif like just setting it to random people like it's iconic <laughs> it is it's iconic in some way yeah uh and um, and then obviously so that i think that's the cool thing is each era kind of has its own distinct purpose in the series because those show of films become godzilla the cute and cuddly protector and then the heisei series is kind of this science fiction epic as a whole it, right. it's 
like so it, it, like it builds on the lore so much more exactly the technology that they were working with in those movies because you had like three iterations of the super x machine and then you know godzilla was like uh or like i said like he's the progenitor of violante like like they were taking so many risks but even though it boils down to it being Godzilla versus the little shop of horrors. I mean, mixing <laughs> plant cells, Godzilla cells, and the cells of a woman, I believe is what it was. It was the scientist's daughter who passed away in an accident. That huge yeah. risk. I don't know who came up with that, but Hey, Violani is a cool monster. So you know what? Yeah. You, sir. <laughs> and I love that. I love, cause th- that's where they started thinking more about their monsters. And the fact that they started with Violante and not kind of going back to the well, that they started with Biolante before they did King Ghidorah. They were like, we're right. going to do this before we go do the iconic one. It's, it seemed like they were trying to, even if they had to dip into the well, they were trying to give us something new at the same time. Because with King Ghidorah, we ended up getting Mecha King Ghidorah that hadn't right. been before. And then with Godzilla versus Mothra of the Battle for Earth, we ended up getting Batra, who, I mean, sick design. I mean, I think that yeah. it's such a great design, like a giant death moth sort of thing. And then uh, with Space Godzilla, they gave us Magura, who was from, I believe, the Mysterians, but then they also gave us Space Godzilla, cool design. And then with uh, Destroya, it was just kind of like an all-out thing where Destroya just had so many forms, they were just kind of like, let's do it. Let's make this crazy monster that ties directly back to the original Godzilla, but let's have him be scary, almost kind of like, what's like the devil <laughs> what times? Yeah. Well, speaking of the, I mean, with three eras, we also get three iterations of Mecha Godzilla. Absolutely, um, and, that, and him, going on four. Hint. Right, he, he's my favorite. <laughs> like he, I love Mecha Godzilla. Like that, he is my favorite of his enemies, and I'm happy that he's always been there. But like, not to like sl- sleep on King Ghidorah because right. he is he is Godzilla's Joker. Like I feel like. I yeah, there's, I think you're right. There's, there's there's no getting rid of him. You know, like you can't have Godzilla and not try to adapt him in in any sort of form. Um, he like and his origin keeps changing all the time. Like he was he was an alien monster in Showa, and then in uh, the Heisei era, he's just creatures that they made, but like they couldn't combine them, so they kind of just dropped the atomic bomb on them and then it merged them all together. I think is, yeah. is what it was, and then in millennium he's kind of like an ancient guardian like he's lived in the earth or like he's been like pretty much prehistoric like he's been there since the beginning i think is what they said like yeah and and also in in the millennium series when he shows up in godzilla mothra king Ghidorah, giant monsters all out attack which is a mouthful of a title (laughs) what a title (laughs) Uh, he he's that's the only time i think he's ever portrayed as as a protagonist yeah exactly Um, him working together with mothra to you know, stop yeah. Godzilla was design in that movie is crazy. Oh. Like the, the blank white eyes and the idea the white eyes, the souls yeah. of I think is uh, everybody that was it the souls of of Japanese soldiers. Who, I think it was fallen soldiers. Japanese soldiers. I was gonna say I don't know if it was Japanese soldiers or if it was people who were lost to Hiroshima yeah. and Nagasaki. I couldn't remember which the, one it was. But yeah, the 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 lore of that movie is very spooky it's, and cool. Oh my god, it's excellent. It, and Mothra had a great design bump too. She didn't look yeah. like a furry butterfly. She looked more like an actual insect. Not that that's a bad thing. I mean, looking realistic sometimes it can be kind of boring, kind of like how they say in Jurassic World. You didn't want realistic, you wanted more teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like it worked out still for her because the design was true, but it looks like something that could exist in our world. Like if 
if that was the world we lived in. Going back to King Ghidorah for a second, mm-hmm. um, he's the only foe of Godzilla's who, when he's introduced in the Godzilla franchise, he's the main character of the movie. When he shows exactly. up in Godzilla, uh, or in when he shows up in Invasion of the Astro Monster, it's about him until Godzilla shows up later as part of the crew required to take him down. Exactly, like, and even the movie before, his name was in the title. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was sort of like this Avengers thing where they were like, okay, we made Godzilla, we made Rodan, we made Mothra. Let's see what happens when we bring them all together, and let's give this new monster you know, his name in the title. <laughs> I forgot. I actually forgot that. Uh, Ghidorah the three-headed monster came first but yes you're right yeah yeah that's yeah, yeah. It is. um and yeah no just uh, yeah I think saying that he's his joker is uh perfectly apt he he keeps evolving and I, I loved I mean I loved when they brought him into the uh legendary series I was like that's the, the natural progression <laughs> absolutely because I, I with that series it seemed like at the beginning Toho was like we're gonna let you have Godzilla and if, yeah. if this does well we're gonna let you have a couple more monsters yeah Seem like kind of like they're going to keep adding on, but we'll, we'll see what happens after GVK with you know the, the pandemic right. being a thing. We don't know if they're going to continue. We don't we don't know what's going to happen. Like I hear keep hearing rumors that Godzilla might die, or you know this might be the last one. Yeah. So who knows what, what will happen in the future? I would have killed to see Legendary's take on Gigan and Destroya, but who knows? Me if we'll too. Ever get there. Well, and that was a question I wanted to ask you: of like, if we continue making Godzilla movies, who would you want to see come back? for sure Gigan is that he's yeah. so like indescribable looking like he's oh yeah such a cool design for a monster with the eye beam and like the kind of like the mo I, i'm not or not a mohawk but like the, <laughs> the blade the blade on that's on top yeah. i i think though i will it looks say like a bird line, kind of a little bit like with yeah. the beak and then like he's got like predator mandibles yeah um i like his design in final wars yes with the more. chainsaws I, with the, oh my god the double chainsaw <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I'm like, the boy got a bump. For me, he got yeah. a big bump. <laughs> well, and I feel like with Final Wars, they because I don't know if Gigan was that is that beloved of a. I mean, maybe in the hardcore Godzilla community, he's for well, sure. Yeah, but that's I guess that that if you're looking at it like as an outsider, like trying to you know uh, try out these movies for the first time, you know he's not really as widely known as King yeah. Ghidorah and Mechagodzilla and Mothra are. Like he's, he was like, it was just Godzilla versus Gigan and Godzilla versus Megalon. So for yeah. him to, them to bring him back in Final Wars. In such a I mean, great way too. I know. <laughs> yeah. that's, and the color palette too. I know black and red, like sometimes that, that can be seen as kind of like, you know, lazy, but like it worked so mm. well for him. Just, oh my God, I love that design of him. But yeah, I would, yeah. I would love to see them try him. I would love to see them because they've introduced the Oxygen Destroyer in Godzilla yes. King of the Monsters. I would love to see them try Destroya, for sure. Other than that, though, I mean, I could see how they would work in, like, not saying I want to see them, but I would see, like, I'd be open to them if they could try. I could see them trying to work in Megalon because he kind of fits the pedigree for what would be considered a Titan yes. in, in how they've set up the Titans in the legendary verse because he's kind of like, just kind of like an insect god. It would make sense. I don't know if they would ever go so far as like the, the crazy experiments. So I don't know if Biolanti <laughs> would ever show up. I don't know if Megagyrus would ever show up. They have shown that. I mean, they did reference the Heisei uh, era with uh, Godzilla showing up as fire Godzilla in at the end True. of King they, of the Monsters. So They did that, even though I think he's called uh, thermonuclear Godzilla. Like 
I think I think I saw the toy and it's like thermonuclear Godzilla. Right. I'm like, let's just call it Bernie Godzilla. Yeah. That's, that's what was happening. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. I don't care if he has Mothra living within him for like five minutes. Call him Bernie Godzilla. <laughs> call him Bernie Godzilla. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to also ask because, like, there since there are multiple iterations of Mecha Godzilla in the Showa era, he's controlled by aliens. Uh, and then in the Heisei era, who, who I think in the Heisei era, that's the first time we actually have a person inside of Mechagodzilla, right? That's when he's more like a mech, because I think in Terror of Mechagodzilla and then the previous film, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, the aliens were just kind of running him from like a control station. Yes. They weren't actually running him from inside, which that, per, that iteration is full of tricks. Like I love, like <laughs> he could spin his head so fast to make a shield. He's got... Yeah finger missiles toe missiles knee missiles he's got the rainbow ray from his eyes yeah and then in terror mecha godzilla they fixed the head being able to spin his head off with like having just another head underneath <laughs> do you remember um i don't know if you had this specific memory but i always remember seeing godzilla versus mecha godzilla on the shelf at blockbuster and the poster was always godzilla it was like his bare front like go posing like this next to godzilla next to mecha godzilla about to punch him and he always looked more naked than usual to me because he looked greener than like i don't know it was like, like a lighter green kind i think yeah. oh my i think i do know which one you're talking about i because it might have been the same line of video tapes as invasion of the astro monster mm. and uh i'm trying to think uh it may have been um son of godzilla uh but I, yeah he's kind of like talking his fist back <laughs> i think i know which one you're talking it looks about. like he's like one of the three stooges like oh i i, I like he's like yeah <laughs> Grab, grabbing back a godzilla's collar yeah you'll pay for this <laughs> Doink. yeah um what's what's your favorite because also then you have kiryu who shows up in the millennium series who's controlled by the military um I, I, what's your I, that favorite might be version? the one yeah that might be the one i i love the mythology they built even though from like in world standpoint stupid move why would you dig up the old godzilla's bones to make a robot around them however i do love that mythology because yes. and i love how at certain points in the movie it's kind of like Mechagodzilla has like this, I guess, organic memory because he's built around those bones. He remembers that he used to be Godzilla and then yes. kind of just gets back to what he used to be doing. And then he sees that there's another Godzilla. And he's kind of like, I'm not okay with this. Yeah. Kind of, and then collide. <laughs> I love that the way, cause that way that makes it so intrinsically tied to that original movie that there's a bit of that first Godzilla in Mecha Godzilla. I think that's Absolutely. so cool. And he has this identity crisis a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Like they, they can't get him under control when that happens to him. So like it's, and that's, that also makes for the great human conflict of that movie and Tokyo SOS uh, because like they're just trying to, they're straining so much to get him under control because they, he is he can kill Godzilla like with the yeah. uh the ice ray that he has you they they know it can work against him but like they just keep you know getting so many problems rise up like Godzilla just you know knocks him over or Mecha Godzilla remembers that it was Godzilla and doesn't respond to their controls anymore and then like Mothra I because I, I do love Tokyo SOS as well I love that Mothra comes to stop uh Godzilla too but the fairies are like you shouldn't have done that, dude. You, why did you do that? Why did yeah. you dig up his bones? <laughs> they're, they're, they're me when I when I watch them. Like, why did you do it? What, right. What yeah. But I love that it's now a team effort between essentially old Godzilla and Mothra to take down this new Godzilla. 
Mm. I think like that's that makes a nice trilogy of those movies. Like if um, and those might be the best of the Mecha Godzilla films, in my personal opinion. It makes a nice trilogy when you watch Godzilla Fifty Four, Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla, and uh, Tokyo SOS. Yeah, there's a nice story to it. And also, uh, what's interesting, I watched Tokyo SOS again recently, and that movie also incorporates. the original Mothra movie, the mm-hmm. the standalone Mothra movie, because a character from that shows up in it, and right, and not just that, but like the plot point of like adult Mothra showing up, but they're also being an egg with two Mothra larvae that mm-hmm. you know when she dies at the end they hatch and they sort of carry on her torch. Yes, I don't know if it was like one Mothra larva or if there were two. Like uh, for Tokyo SOS, I can't remember. I know that's what I happened. think it was two. If there there might have been two. Okay, so yeah. I feel like it's always two. Because <laughs> uh, I, I know like in Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster, one of them supposedly died, so it's only one Mothra larva. Yeah. Um, and then she, it's still a larva in Destroy All Monsters, or that could be just another Mothra larva because it takes place in what was supposed to be 2005. <laughs> right. Well, Michael Doherty, who directed um, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, I really liked listening to him. I listened to their commentary on the movie, actually, because he's a real fan. And he said that he likes to think of Mothra as having this sort of collective memory and that every time, because Mothra dies all the time and yes. <laughs> it's always implied that her larva grows up to be the next Mothra. Right. That there's this sort of collective consciousness that passes on and that was really beautiful. And I thought of that and I was like, that is sweet. I like to think that. That, 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 sounds, that, that is a pretty good point. I'm like, well, I didn't ever think about it like that before. And, I mean, I love Michael Dougherty in general. Like, I love Trick or Treat, and I, oh, yeah. I have a soft spot for King of the Monsters as well as Krampus. But that show, like, yeah, you're you're right. He shows he is a Godzilla fanboy for sure. Yeah, she sorry. could come back too. I, I'm sorry, because like, like in the the credits of uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, you see a newspaper clipping that says Mothra egg found. So, yes. I don't know if it would be in Godzilla versus Kong because we all know Mecha Godzilla. He's in the merchandise, so he's mm. gonna show up in that movie so it's not like it's a spoiler at this point anybody who's seen the version nice um but i mean if that gets teased a little bit in gvk and then seeing where they go next i'd be all for her coming back it'd be it'd be cool i mean it'd definitely be cool for sure and i guess see i don't know if they do the twin fairies i don't know because i know there there's a woman there's a character in these legendary movies she has a twin sister and i think the theory is that they're acting as the what the fairies yes, are supposed they're, to be. They're the sort of the new months. iteration of their fairies, new iteration, so I don't which know I understand because in this version of the universe, it's a little might be a little hokey to incorporate. It might be a little odd fairies. to like very tiny um, Asian American actresses yes. playing mythic deities. But so I don't know if they're going to act on that. I don't know if. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if Zhang Z has been confirmed to be in Godzilla versus Kong or any of the future stuff i don't i'm trying to remember i don't think i I saw her have you been i mean have you been enjoying the new universe so far we're 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 three movies in now going on four this for sure i yeah for sure i uh see i like i i do have my hang-ups about them for sure Mm -hmm. um because with godzilla 2014 which i do give a pass because they were trying to emulate what they did with the original one with him not showing up right Mm -hmm. away at first and they kind of made him a bigger deal in that movie. Like they made him sort of like how, I guess, just to give an example, how they did spells in the first Harry Potter movies. They were sort of like bigger deals. It was like kind of like a movie stopping moment or even like John Carpenter's The Thing, whenever The Thing 
pops out, like it's a very like show stopping moment with Godzilla in that first movie. And even the Mudos, there's sort of like a sense of wonder that sort of pops up. Like uh, the kids on the Golden Gate Bridge, when they're seeing him while they're trapped in the school bus, like you even see them just kind of looking up like, yeah. So I, I love what they did with him in that movie. I just, I could have gone for a little more monster action. I, I was a little miffed when the airport scene cuts right when he, <laughs> right after he roars, even though I got chills for that scene. I love yes. when he first shows up. That It's so powerful. And I guess having an action scene right after that might have kind of undercut it, but. It's almost played as a joke. Like it's like teasing you. Almost. It, it almost, yeah. Very, very, very titillating. Yeah, and then, um, and then that movie also it does kind of get very murky looking, almost like to borrow what you said uh, on Facebook, kind of like a, a Zack Snyder movie. Uh, <laughs> at, at, towards the end, where they're they're just fighting in this dark city, I'm like, sure. where are they? <laughs> but then when he unleashes the atomic breath, oh my god, <laughs> I, yeah. I lost my mind in the theaters. That just like, was great because. I didn't we think didn't they were know do if it. it was yeah i didn't know if it was going to happen and yeah. obviously in the in the uh the widely acclaimed uh godzilla film starring matthew broderick from 98 obviously they didn't carry over the uh the atomic breath in that one so when That's a lot it, of fish right yeah exactly it's classic <laughs> when, when his tail started lighting up and you hear the vroom, 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 i remember the theatrical experience of everyone oh, just God. gasping and going he's gonna do it I was wondering, and and that's such a cool way for them to do it. Like now they have like a unique way of having him pull off the atomic breath move. uh, It is like you said in the theater, I'm like, what's that hum? And and then like you see the light first pop on Aaron Taylor Johnson's face right after he blows up the the Mudo nest and the female Mudo is coming towards him. You see the light pop up on his face and I'm like, what's that all about? And then you see the light in the sky and I'm like, who's this? Is this something else? (laughs) And then you see the light moving up and I'm like, oh. And then you see that it's Godzilla's tail and you're like, oh. (laughs) And the hum, like that hum was such a, whoever came up with that hum was genius because it just kind of like like the more powered up it gets, the faster the hum goes. Oh my God. (laughs) Watching that for the first time in a theater and oh my God. As that movie kind of unfolded it was great because also especially when uh that movie was um marketed on hey it's brian cranston in a godzilla movie and for the first half of the movie godzilla barely shows up and spoiler alert (laughs) brian cranston's gone about 20 plus minutes in (laughs) i wish he was the main character i wish he i kind of wish he was in the sequels too i i just like that Ken Watanabe he, is a great character, though. That, okay, like, okay, so co-star, because I, I almost forgot about him, and I can't believe it. I'm kicking myself that I forgot, because Ken Watanabe, like, oh, my God. That would have been such a powerhouse duo of scientists yes. to, like, yeah. headline those movies, and then they just well, and them all. I mean, Ken Watanabe is introduced in that movie, and I remember thinking, I would love to see him continue in this universe, because he's kind of, he's the audience surrogate. He's the Godzilla fan, kind of. Exactly. A, it, a little bit. <laughs> And, for sure <laughs> right and but he's also i mean he's played by ken watanabe he's a fantastic actor and he's okay he's named dr sarazawa after right. the doctor who sacrifices himself killing godzilla in the original but, and, but, but then his first name oh wait maybe i'm wrong i thought 
because now I'm remembering, like, is it, is it his Dice first name? I think his first name is Ishiro. Or is it Ishiro? Is, is it Ishiro? Okay, so it is Ishiro Honda. Which is, yeah. it's like, oh my God, so perfect. And to, <laughs> in Godzilla King of the Monsters, where I'm going to spoil Godzilla King of the Monsters here, because, yeah, you know, it came out a couple years ago now. Right. Uh, the way they have this version of Sarazawa sacrifice himself underwater, saving Godzilla, I thought was just so beautiful. Like, I got goosebumps. I know. Oh my God. It, it was sad to see him go because he, he's such a powerhouse yes. in these movies. And I love his dialogue. Like he's, cause he speaks oh, so matter of factly about yeah. Godzilla. Oh, let them fight. Yeah. Let but them. if they, and I felt the same way cause I loved seeing him, but I was like, if they were going to write him off, that's the way to do it. Cause for sure. Like saving Godzilla was, is the best way for him to go. Also being the first human being in all of Godzilla lore to touch Godzilla affectionately. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, kind of like just puts his hand on him, like uh, kind of like Alan Grant with a uh, with a triceratops, <laughs> and like, yeah. um, uh, but yeah, it sucks that he had to be taken out. But I do agree with you that is the best possible way for him to to leave the series. So it, it, it's better, it's more dignified than what Sally Hawkins got. <laughs> Sally Hawkins just yes. kind of get gets eaten by King Ghidorah. She right? got, yeah, she got like a like a Janet Lee and Psycho death where it was like, oh, here's a an Academy Award winning actress exactly. uh, returning from the previous film and the way that she gets nonchalantly picked off. And... By the derpy one, I think it was the derpy head. Like yeah. Michael Dougherty said, Kevin is his name, the derpy. <laughs> yeah, I, the stupidest which, head. Which I love that there's a derpy head. Like it just makes me laugh so <laughs> Um, so as we wrap up, I wanted to ask the question. I asked how to this question also. Um, if if you're meeting somebody who's never seen a Godzilla film and you want and you want to give them like you know a quick course and like how to experience them, you got to pick five Godzilla movies to watch in a certain order. What would you give them to introduce them to the franchise? I follow um, James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd, on his yes. uh, channel Cinemassacre. He did a video that was. It pretty much answers that question. I don't want to steal his suggestions, but he said uh, he wanted people, if he had to pick something for somebody who was new, he, A, would want to make sure they're experiencing something from each era, and B, he wants to make sure, he would want to make sure they were experiencing a film that had one of what he considered to be the three chief Godzilla opponents, which was Mothra, King Ghidorah, and Mecha Godzilla. And his picks were the original Japanese film, uh, Mothra versus Godzilla, I believe. Uh, Which King is Ghidorah. You're, absolutely. That is, I think it, it is a perfect Mothra film. I mean, I don't know if that'd be the one I pick, but I think that is one of the best ones if you're going to start somebody out on. Definitely start them with that one. He, uh, for King Ghidorah in the Heisei era, he said Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. And then for Mechagodzilla in the Millennium era, he said the two Mechagodzilla films against Mechagodzilla mm -hmm. and Tokyo SOS. So I, I, and like I said, I don't want to steal those, but like they are some good picks, <laughs> but he also said each of the Ghidorah films are great introductions for the character. So I guess if uh, I filmed without a doubt, the original film, I, I guess either version works, but if you want the more authentic experience, definitely see the original Japanese version of the 1954 film for Showa era. I think Ghidorah, the three headed monster would be a great pick even though it might seem a little silly. Um, but it is a, it's definitely a turning point for Godzilla because, like we mentioned earlier, that's really when he started becoming more of a hero. Uh, for just to be different, for a Heisei pick, 
probably Godzilla versus Destroya. I because I think that's such it's so just emotional mm. for that era for Godzilla in general. It's it's a very emotional and impactful film. It's gonna probably just turn into a personal top five at this point. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, I'd say if you want something that's crazy and just just hits you with everything it's got, Godzilla Final Wars. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Masterpiece. <laughs> that, yeah, absolutely. Just oh my god, just Monster Overdrive. That film. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Did I say what I say so far? Is that I have three or I have four so far? I think that's yeah, four. four yeah. Yeah. And then. Godzilla 1998. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, if you if you want to get a couple of drinks, and if watch you want to see a Godzilla film that has two voice actors from The Simpsons in it, then Godzilla there, 1998 there you go. is your film. Three, three. Uh, Harry Shearer, who's yeah. the newscaster. Hank Azaria, who's the cameraman, and then I think Yardley Smith is is in one scene. <laughs> she, is she really? Godzilla walks by a window, and and she's like, "Sir." I think your story just went past the window and it's Harry, it's, it's Harry Shearer and Godzilla's tail just goes right out of his eyesight. He turns around. Three actors, I have to say that's not a coincidence. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, Roland Emmerich was like, put some Simpsons actors into this bitch. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> um, God, for final one. See, there's no harm in watching any of uh, the newer American movies either, but you have to be prepared for like some... They haven't pulled off humans, I would think, oh, for this new sure. legendary series. So I, I, I wanted, I would say definitely one with a good human drama. Honestly, I can't get my mind off of Godzilla versus King Ghidorah for just how ambitious it was. Yes. Of, uh, for just in the series in general. So there we go. Godzilla, the original 54 version, Ghidorah, the three headed monster, uh, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, Godzilla versus Destroya, and then, or wait, didn't I say. I didn't even say a Mechagodzilla film. Oh God, this is tough, Johnny. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You can count. You can count Godzilla against Mechagodzilla and Godzilla Tokyo SOS as one if you want to. That's what. I, include that's that what arc. I'm gonna do. That. That's what I'm gonna do. That. It's one arc. It's one. It's one, it's one story. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. So against Mechagodzilla Tokyo SOS, the original, Yidra the Three Headed Monster, Godzilla vs. Destroya, and Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. There we there go. There we go. Say those are those are five pretty decent ones that show you like. The silliness, the seriousness, the great drama, and then just how ambitious it, it can get sometimes with those series. Yeah. <sighs> well, there we go, man. We, no, yeah, don't we know have, how, I, I don't know this, how long I ramble for, but hey. <laughs> hey, the, <laughs> the definitive guide to Godzilla films is right here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, you, did, you did name drop James Rolfe, and I, yeah, I grew up watching Cinemassacre and all of his stuff on Godzilla, and that's also a good guide. I know his list is like, I can't believe you said that because I got to come from something different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I want to make sure I I came up with something different. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, is there anything else you want to say about Godzilla before we finish up? Not really. I I think we did a a pretty damn good job, (laughs) (laughs) to be all honest with you. I'm excited to see Godzilla versus Pong. I I hope it's good. I've seen some early reviews, people saying, you know, it's, it's fun when the monsters are on screen. It's not so great when people are on screen. It's like, okay, so a Godzilla movie. I, yes. I know what to expect. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to ask you that because this episode will premiere on the eve of Godzilla versus Kong hitting theaters. Okay. It, do you have one demand, one thing you hope to see in that movie? The drop kick. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. No, yes. I, mean, I, I wouldn't mind. Just do it, in, do, <laughs> do it in your way. Don't make it look like a stiff 
like <laughs> puppet, man in a suit, whatever, being held up on strings and just flowing across the screen, you know, do your own thing with it. I, I just want to see them go at it with each other in just such a visceral way because these movies haven't been too visceral at this point other than Godzilla biting Ghidorah's head off and then the kiss of death he does to the female Mudo in the 2014 mm-hmm. film. I guess I just want to see them just try to rip each other's guts out. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I want it to be fun. I guess that's the ultimate thing. Like I want to feel like I, I had fun with just how horrible of a time we're all having right now. <laughs> I think it, I think it's a movie we all need like just for how big and just ridiculous it is. So, and I hope Mechagodzilla doesn't suck. I know that's like three hopes, yes. one, but you know, Mechagodzilla is all but confirmed. So I, I hope, they utilize him well like that's yeah. the thing if he's my favorite i if they do like a pacific rim thing with him where he's piloted by people and it's, it comes off like that way just very stylish and you feel like the weight of him i guess is the best way to put it you feel you know the punches connect or what have you i'll be happy but if they're just kind of like i don't know like ready player one where he just shows up for like five seconds and just doesn't really <laughs> make that big of an impact Sure. Or some, just something like that. I just want him to feel like he was done justice, regardless of how the rest of the movie was, because Michael Dougherty did Mothra, King Adora, and to a lesser degree, Rodan. Rodan was still pretty good. He mm. did all of them great justice, I feel like. So I just want to make sure Adam Weingard's going to do Mecha Godzilla justice, as well as Kong and Godzilla. And assuming Godzilla survives this film and they make future Godzilla movies, I would expect to see some iteration of Jet Jaguar. Absolutely. Uh, Can't the, not. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for, for coming on and doing this. I, I uh, had a great time. Hey, thank you, man. This was this was a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate you having me on here. This is excellent. It's so much fun. It's very inspiring too. I hope you know I can use this to sort of springboard for inspiration for myself to do my own. But yeah, of course. We'll have this our podcast ecosystem of your podcast, my podcast, and Degla and John's podcast. We can guest star on each other's yeah uh and 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 then the avengers of podcast you know we'll we'll see what happens exactly (laughs) yeah the big team up (laughs) (laughs) a bunch of guys who are a little too talkative about movies just we should all talk over each other the whole time all right everybody that wraps up another episode of we are movies thank you so much for listening Thank you to my friend Tommy for coming on. I really appreciate it, as always. Um, you can follow him on Instagram at Tommy underscore the movie guy. And if you're a fan of the podcast and you haven't yet, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at We Are Movies Pod. You can also like the Facebook page, We Are Movies. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at Johnny Mockney, J O H N N Y M O C N Y. And as I've said before, um, I always like a nice little review on iTunes. If you have the time, we always appreciate iTunes reviews. And by we, I mean me, the sole producer and host of We Are Movies. That is all for the two-part Godzilla special. I'm sure we'll come back to this topic in the future. It's nearly impossible to avoid. Until then, I hope everyone enjoys Godzilla vs. Kong. I assume everybody listening is going to see it if you've made it this far. Uh, I I know I will. I'm going to see it with uh, my brother Nolan. I will be back with you very soon with another episode. And until then, 
I am Johnny Mockney saying, it may sound primitive and unscientific, but through the fairies, we could ask Mothra for help. <laughs>